the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. Company on a Monday. So much to get into. It was a wild weekend here in the world of sports in Las Vegas. You may already notice this is not Steve Cofield talking to you right now. Steve Cofield is on vacation. I mean, not very often that he leaves, but he is gone this week. So if you only tune in for Steve Cofield, I suggest you come back next Monday. Otherwise, uh, it is me, Adam Hill, for the next couple of days. Be joined by a cast of characters, uh, Hill and his Hobies Week, I guess, here on Cofield Company. Today, it is a good friend of mine, Case Kiefer, from the Las Vegas Sun. I was so close to saying Case Cookus. You oh. got me. Uh, I, I love Case Cookus. Uh, rip, his time with the Raiders only lasted a few days. And I feel like I say this every time I'm here, which is uh, usually only the once every year, every other year that Cofield's on vacation. But... I haven't done much in life, but I did come up with the Hill and his homies tag. So That's true. You got to give me some credit where it's due there. That was uh, probably a decade ago, but <laughs> lives a on. Long, it's a long time, but hey, uh, it's it's still it's still living. Uh, it's still standing as a, uh, a moniker here on the program. Uh, I do want to start things off before we get into the show. Uh, Wes Reed, former uh, UNLV Rebel, a beloved member of the community, the basketball community, <clears throat> mourns his passing. He was not only a former UNLV Rebel, uh, but also a really, really caring and uh, just a special uh, coach for a lot of kids around town uh, on the AU level and, and other levels as well uh, in basketball. Not going to get too into it, uh, but you know, for those that say COVID only affects the elderly and the weak, you're wrong, uh, but we don't have to get too far into that, but just RIP uh, to Westry, who was a really, really good dude. Uh, so he will be missed. Uh, sorry to get off to a somber note here, but um, certainly uh, uh, that was worth uh, starting the show with. Just uh, remember Wes real quick and talk a little bit about a little bit more about him tomorrow. I think Willie Ramirez will be in here as a friend of Wes, so we'll get into that. Um, also, a lot of celebration of Kobe's Kobe's birthday, uh, which is going on. So that's a uh, a good somber way to start what is usually just a silly show. Uh, but let's try to get more into what we usually do here. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. So the Raiders are not on the field today. They are not. I, I know they get mad when we say they took a day off. They didn't take a day off. They're just not on the field. Uh, they're probably in the facility working and uh, getting some things done uh, in the video room and in the in the weight room and in the, in the training training room and all those things. Uh, so not off, but they're not on the field today, so no availabilities. But that doesn't mean they don't make news because that seems to happen all the time, even when they're not around on the field. And today it was a little nugget uh, from Vic Tafer over at The Athletic who just decided to use today to drop in the, oh, by the way, the Raiders contacted the Bears this offseason about reacquiring Khalil Mack. And then Twitter was ablaze uh, about a the possibility of that reunion happening. Um, I know that there was a lot of people that immediately were like, well, why would he want to come back here? Why would they want him back? They got rid of him before. 
there was things going on before. They didn't have the cash to pay the contract that he wanted, and their financial situation has changed now. So things are different. And by the way, for the people that haven't realized, Everson Griffin went back to the Vikings today. Do you know the bridges that Everson Griffin burned when he left Minnesota and said their quarterback was a word that I'm not even allowed to say on the air? Like, th- things can happen in the NFL. You can have reunions. But, Case, this was kind of a weird story to start the week from the Raiders. Yeah, I think when you when you first see the headline, you're a little shocked. Like, wow, this just all seems still so raw and recent. But I think if you sit back and think about it a little bit, like you said, it's really not as shocking as you first think. I mean, there is still – it ended from far from terrible terms, like you said. I mean, obviously, you never want to end with a trade. But, I, I mean, I believe both Coach Gruden and – Derek Carr have spoken about Khalil Mack within like the last few months, praising yeah. his time there and what he meant to the franchise and, uh, you know, implementing some things they still do. And uh, the Bears were in a really bad situation going into the offseason. If I remember correctly, they had to make some moves. I mean, I'm sure there's calls like this that take place all the time for all kinds of guys. So well, once you take a step back, I don't think it was like the the smoking gun for lack of a better term that some people made it out to be. And we also don't know how far those conversations got. Like we've, we've referenced this before. I don't care how good a player is or how good a situation is. If you think there's a possibility, as you said, the bears were, you know, $25 million over the cap. The Raiders were looking at this saying, Hey, we need to get a pass rusher. Let's call. Now this is before if people are saying, Oh, you already got in You already did this. This is before all that happened. This is at the beginning of this, of the, uh, free agency and trading period, they called and said, hey, maybe we can fix the Bears problem and our problem at the same time. We'll get Khalil Mack back, one of the best pass rushers in the league. Completely makes uh, a ton of sense. Uh, and there's some other um, possible possible uh, players to be acquired. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But, uh, yeah, this this would make a lot of sense. And it says what kind of a different situation uh, the the Raiders are in now where they actually have – the ability to make some of these moves, which they didn't before. And, and you know, it, it bears repeating, you know, the reason that they had to move on from Cleo Mack wasn't even like, it wasn't even salary cap related. It was more not having the cash to guarantee the contract, which you need to do. I think people don't really think about that because it's, you know, such a massive, you know, billion dollar industry. You don't think about the fact that some teams uh, actually are in cash situations, but you need to guarantee those contracts with the actual cash and if you don't have it on hand, you can't make that deal. Now the Raiders have kind of pushed back a little bit on that, but that was uh, the word at the time, and I, I still absolutely believe that, that they were in a situation where they couldn't make that happen. So a lot of things going on there, a lot of moving pieces. Like, Case, I, I would think you're – like, you should be calling every team about almost every player every year. I would be calling the Chiefs at the beginning of every season. Like, what do you think? Mahomes, is he available? <laughs> Tyree Kill, is he available? Travis Kels, is he available? What do we got? I think you might uh, burn some relationships if you go that <laughs> far with it. Like, uh, all right, I'm not answering this guy's call anymore because this isn't even serious. But I agree with the larger point. How are you going to know? How are you going to know guess, if you don't ask? I guess. And maybe maybe the opposite is true. And they start thinking, okay, this guy is just an idiot. You, I'm now going to well, you, I'm gonna take advantage of him. And that's you what did, you do. The, uh, you did see. And I, I know, uh, you know, you're not a Chiefs fan, but I know you follow a lot of Chiefs people and you follow a lot of the people in that area. Like there was some, and, and a lot of it was jokes. I mean, almost all of it was jokes. But there were people like, "Oh, Mahomes really struggled this week. Maybe the league figured him out." Like, okay, <laughs> settle down with that nonsense. That's crazy. It's preseason. Nobody plan. Nobody game plans. Nobody does anything. Uh, it's very weird. But yeah, I mean, 
you were, you, were, you were saying, though, like the, the general point is like you should always be trying to make your team better no matter what situation you're in. Yeah, and especially this situation made sense, as, as we already outlined. I mean, not not looking too far just from a straight financial perspective from what the teams needed. The Raiders were so obviously going to do something drastic to try to fix their defense for what feels like the umpteenth time this <laughs> offseason. But, I mean, what better way to fix it than to bring in a, a guy that you know has helped in the past, been a part been the leader of one of the only good defenses you've had in the last decade. Uh, you never knew what, what the bear situation was. So at the bottom line, I think is this was worth the call. And you know, the call probably didn't last very long. I <laughs> doubt there was a follow-up call, but it, it was worth it. And I don't think it's ob- as obnoxious as uh Mayock and Gruden calling up the, the chiefs about Mahomes or uh, well, they're in the division that would make a, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that the chiefs would be like, ah, no, nah, not in the division. We'll try. We're open yeah. to trade again. Yeah. Just not in the division. But and like we've talked about before, even no matter who the players are, if like, hey, you're happy with Derek Carr, fine. But there's like, there are a couple quarterbacks like, okay, if Aaron Rodgers is available, okay, explore that. If you know Tom Brady was available last offseason, explore that. Like you always have to explore getting better uh, no matter what. So that's that's what NFL teams do. I mean, uh, 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 the, the, we're, you know, we're struggling here with uh, – <laughs> Without Steve here, I was. Don't we play like number two? Isn't it like the big three? No, sir. We don't. No, we just go All ahead right. on go to the topics. <laughs> That's why I let Steve run things. All right, number two, I guess, in the <laughs> big three, right off the top. Wait, what is? It's not even big three. This is trending at three. Trending everyone. at three. Welcome, of course. See, I'm I'm all got over me this. all nervous, Adam. See how good I am at uh, at holding the fort down for Steve. We can't even last one one break here. Um, we have a lot to get into of what happened in Vegas this weekend. Uh, you were out at some things. I was out at some things. Um, things went wrong at different venues. We'll get into that. Uh, but I think one thing we weren't at, but I did get to catch up on and uh, watch a little bit, was Manny Pacquiao and his fight over at T-Mobile this weekend. Um, I don't know. I watched some of it. Here, here's what I thought going in, and this is actually – I wrote this – uh, for a piece in the the LA Times that they uh, they ran this weekend, I said I would I would love to bet Pacquiao by decision. I'm not going to bet the fight, but I would love to bet it because I think Pacquiao could get outlanded 500 to two, and he would still win the decision. I thought that the the judges were going to buy into, hey, it's his last fight, it's Vegas, let's give him the decision. Now, obviously, that wouldn't have happened, but I thought he could get definitely outworked uh, and out out punched. And still win a decision. I was wrong. The the, the ref or the, excuse me, the judges got it right, which I I think oftentimes we criticize judges and don't go in there. You know, don't don't uh, praise them when they get things right. They got this fight right, and uh, you know, it, it was it was you know I think shocking for a lot of people to see Pacquiao slow and not aggressive in a lot of the ways that he uh, usually is. He just he's just old, and the, that happens sometimes. Age catches up with you. Um, I don't think you got a chance to watch the fight, but you know, if this is Pacquiao's last fight, how do you remember him? Yeah, I, I saw the highlights and I kind of agree with you. I, uh, I actually had bet the fight when it was Errol Spence. I bet Errol Spence oh, at, uh, at minus too, 200 and that was the only, uh, that was the only thing I was concerned. I thought that was a great bet, but then it went even lower. So clearly it wasn't as great of a bet. I was only concerned about the bad decision, um, from what I followed about the fight and, from what little I saw, I thought it was close enough that this would be a decision you could expect uh, Manny Pacquiao to get, but he didn't. So, yeah, ha- hats off to the judges. Uh, good call. Uh, Ugas, 
who I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, <laughs> was the deserving winner. Sure. Am I right? Yeah, sure. Gordinas. I, I, I wrote about the fight, too, and I don't know how to say the well, guy's name. I think that's a, that's something we get caught up in a lot is that we write things and you never actually hear them said often. But, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. I, I, I thought Pacquiao would would take care of him. Not, I mean, I know he's had a good resurgence these last few years, but I was even kind of a wouldn't want to say conspiracy theorist, but you look at like his Instagram, it looked like he was holding his arm. I was like, is this guy even healthy? Like they're just throwing him out there to give Manny Pacquiao a, a parting <laughs> gift before he becomes the president of the Philippines. Uh, did not turn out to be that way. As far as Manny coming back, I, I hope this is his last time. I mean, I'm not the biggest boxing fan, so I know there's probably some people that want to see him fight again, but I was really kind of, once he lost to Jeff Horn, and I know that was uh, controversial, that was what a lot of people say was a bad decision. I thought it was done then, and I was not really interested in seeing Panny, Manny Pacquiao anymore after that. Now, to his credit, I mean, he came back and, and won those three fights in a row, including against Keith Thurman, which I need to rewatch that as I have no idea <laughs> how? how he won that yeah, fight. How? I, maybe I just am too high on Keith Thurman, but uh, I guess the decline that I thought was going to come in one of these fights that he's had over the last three years finally came on Saturday night. Yeah, and, you know, we will see what happens with Manny Pacquiao. He said after the fight he wasn't sure about his future. He also is not sure about you know running for president, which we all assume is going to happen. Um, I do believe that Manny Pacquiao has one fight left in him, left in him, and I do believe it will happen in the not so distant future. Uh, I'll tell you about that. And what was I doing on Saturday night that I didn't get to watch the Pacquiao fight? Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Backs it up to the one. Got to go deep down the middle. Deflected and intercepted. Picked off by that man again. Nate Hobbs. Oh, my. Mr. Hobbs. He may not just make the roster, Lincoln, we may see him as a starting defensive player. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. It is Cofield and Company, Adam Hill, Case Keeper, here with you on this Monday. Man, get into some uh, some Raiders transactions later on. It's a little little sad. Some, some camp battles are over, uh, and they've been decided already by the team. We'll get into that uh, as we continue here. On this Monday, but Saturday case was a massive day uh, in Las Vegas. Not only, uh, I'll say the event world, because there was sports, there was entertainment, there was shows, a festival, so much going on. And actually a lot of it in like a two block radius. SummerSlam was going on at uh, at Allegiant Stadium. The Pacquiao was over at T-Mobile. Uh, you were at some weird show at Mandalay Bay. We'll get into uh, a lot was going on uh, this weekend, and before before we get into any of it, I just feel like this is kind of going to be the new normal for us. Um, I, I was talking to some people, and the answer to the tease because we never we never pay off teases. I was at SummerSlam, and we will get into that. It was whew, weird, um, but one of the conversations I was having with some out of town people. Uh, was the amount of venues that are here. And we know this. We've referenced this before. We've talked about it. But when it's really put into play, it is insane. The amount of things that can be going on on the same night in this town. And there's more coming. I mean, if we ever get the 
the the all net resort built down on the strip with their arena. Uh, the sphere is almost done, uh, just off the strip uh, on Spring Mountain. And like, there's I don't know. I was trying to think how many venues over like seventy five hundred there are. There's like twelve. It's crazy. Yeah, at the risk of sounding uh, too cliche. You know, this was Saturday night when I was on the strip. Like you said, you were at SummerSlam. This is the moment when I was like, okay, now we're really feeling back to normal. <laughs> I walked out of uh, Michelob Ultra Arena. Uh, I was in a music fest, and I see, like, people carrying around fake WWE belts, people in the Pacquiao headband, uh, the, uh, f- excuse me, the Philippine headbands, like, that they wear to the Pacquiao fight, um, and just huge music fans everywhere. It was, like, all these worlds converging. And I feel like back in the day, that was just almost every weekend and yeah. now it, it's been a while but uh it, it, it was a it was a sight to behold i enjoyed it yeah and then coming out of the pandemic we have even more places to watch events than before well we'll get into some of the like the specifics of some of those but i want to start at allegiant where i was at for SummerSlam. i don't listen i'm not going to sit here and trash people that enjoy professional wrestling it's not what i'm here for um it was weird <laughs> it was super weird <gasps> I feel like I was there. That's, that's the, before we even get into the stadium issues, but um, it's it's so bizarre. I don't. I guess what I can't figure out. And listen, I I love wrestling as much as anybody when I was a kid. And if you people that follow, uh, I've been writing several wrestling stories lately because I'm interested in the business of wrestling and some of the things that go on. Um, but the actual like the show. I, listen, people love it, and people were into it. They were screaming and yelling and into it. But, like, I don't – I guess the part I don't understand – this is – and it's also so cliche and so hack, so I apologize for even doing it. But, like, you know, somebody gets body slammed and then somebody lays on them to try to pin them. And it's, like, one, two, and then, like, a kick out, a dramatic kick out. And the crowd is like, oh, my God. Like, it, I, I don't I, I don't get it. You're the <laughs> WWE insider, right? So you were in a box, weren't you? Well, you weren't was, with you weren't with uh I wasn't with the, the folks. Okay, because my brother went at the last minute who was in town. He doesn't live here anymore. Sure. And I am not exaggerating right now. He used the exact same example you did of really? not understanding what's going on. He said the guy next to them, who's with another friend of ours, like had an absolute breakdown one time when the ref only did a two count and didn't get to three. He's like the guy was like screaming, he didn't get to three. That was only two. And he was like losing his mind. My brother's text like, is this guy serious or is he trying to be part of the show? That's he what I, that's the part I don't get. Cause I like I understand. The thing I understand about it the most is, as it was described to me, like the soap opera aspect of it, of like, I, am I going to hate on somebody? I watched Love is Blind and Vanderpump Rules. I'm not going to hate on people because, like, it's a stupid thing to watch. I get it. Like, there is the drama element of it. I get all that part of it. But, like, the actual wrestling part, which is not – I don't want to say – like, they are athletes, but it's not a sport. And I just, I don't, that's the part I don't understand. Like, am I missing out on the gimmick by looking at it as a sport? Where I'm like, this is for, like, for, at one point they decide, like, a new fight in the middle of the event. Like, there was a championship that was agreed to, and then somebody else, I, I'm not spoiling it, it was already say, on. Do spoilers apply to uh, wrestling? Kind of. I don't even know. Uh, the greatest wrestler of all time, in my opinion, only because she follows me on Twitter, Becky Lynch, apparently was out for a while because she was having a baby, and they chose Saturday to return. So there was supposed to be a title fight, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, this fight's not going to happen, so somebody else is going to step in. 
And then they start playing Becky Lynch's music. That's when people, that was like the biggest moment of the night where people went nuts. And then she comes in and everybody loves it. And then she like challenges the champion for the, for the, for the title. And the champion's like, I guess so. Like, well, let's do this. And they both look at the referee like, is this cool? I'm like, does that guy have the power to grant, like, to, he, to grant the match? Like, what, what are we doing now? I don't understand any of it. it and I, I guess, like, you're looking at it too analytically. I don't know. It was weird. The whole thing's weird. But that's beside the point. Like I said, I said I was going to do it because I don't want to come off like I'm criticizing it. I, it was a good time. Like, it was a good time to be there. I just didn't understand what was happening. Um, in terms of what went on on Saturday night, a lot of people saw the tweets of the complete and total chaos that were going on in Allegiant Stadium. So I guess that's the most important thing because, listen, this is where the Raiders are going to play. It's where UNLV is going to play. It's where people are going to go see concerts and things like that. So people are interested in what is going on there. I saw tweets that it was a total disaster inside the stadium. I was there. Like you said, I was not in a... Uh, a normal section, but I decided to leave where I was sitting and go kind of walk around and check it out. The first one is that the cashless system went down and there was no way for people to purchase things. 100% true. That happened. That is truth. Um, and people were saying, like, how could Allegiant be in this position? They just opened. It was a nationwide issue. The The company that runs a lot of these cashless systems for a lot of arenas around the country went down. Uh, I'm sure you saw like the Petco Park tweet saying uh, they were in the same position that Allegiant was. So this had nothing to do with being a new stadium and kind of working out the kinks. This was a national issue. Now the argument would be why is there no backup plan? Why is there no cash-based plan if something happens? I'm sure all those things are going to be worked on now and thought about now. Um, I don't think they foresaw a nationwide outage of something like this. Maybe they should have. That's an argument to make, I suppose. Uh, But yes, that happened. And so what they did was started giving out water and soda. Uh, to just anybody that would walk up, and the food that was already prepared and made, they just gave out. I, I mean, they, they couldn't charge for anything. They couldn't do any transactions, so uh, they weren't going to just throw that food away. It had already been prepared, so they just started giving it out. Um, that was a mess and something that, you know, you would hope doesn't happen again in the future because, I mean, that's a lot of people, and I know it wouldn't matter to you, but there's a lot of – nobody could buy beer. Nobody could buy any cocktails at all. Uh, it was it was kind of weird. And somebody was saying that's why maybe the crowd wasn't as into it as they might be in a normal event because nobody had any alcohol. Um, I know that there was a lot of frustration there from a lot of people, um, and I get that. But there was also tweets, and I saw some of the local you know, blogs that do a really good job, especially on Twitter, sending out like, hey, SummerSlam is a total disaster. Uh, the, the toilets are all overflowing. Uh, there's, you know, nobody can buy anything. There's, uh, you know, the PA system is down, all these other things. I will say I obviously did not look in every bathroom there, and I'm sure there was issues because people were talking about it on Twitter. I did a sampling of about five, just kind of walked in and saw if there was, like, chaos going on. There wasn't. Things were fine there. Again, could have been somewhere else. I don't know. Uh, but things seemed fine. Um, and, and on the PA system, I will say it was by far the best it's been. <laughs> It's been a disaster. I know you've been in there a couple of times. Like when they make announcements during football games or during concerts, I'm just looking around like, what are they, what's going on? Yeah, I've never heard a word that yeah, they say at word. football games. And uh, even I covered the first concert there, Illinium, and I didn't even think it sounded that. It sounded, it sounded nice, but it didn't sound that loud. I felt like they hadn't worked out the kinks with the sound. I heard there were sound issues at Garth Brooks. So uh, I think that's a, 
I guess if there's any, uh, leave it to Adam to come up with the positives, just a uh, fitting yeah. of his personality. But if there's one positive, yeah. uh, it's good to hear that the sound's right. And yeah, I'm sure there were some some toilets now, but there's it wasn't a breakdown of the whole toilet infrastructure. <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> no. of toilets in a 65,000 seat there venue. Is. So I would say it was it was weird and it was it was a mess and it was a problem. But I think once there's like a major problem like that, everybody starts saying there's all these other major problems. I again, I'm not disputing it happened. I'm just telling you that I. I walked around the stadium and I didn't see what people were talking about. And I had a couple other friends there that were kind of doing Intel for me. And um, I did not hear of anything back from them either. Uh, hopefully. And I also, the PA system's weird one, because as you said, I've not heard a word they said on any announcement. I was at concert, soccer game, Raiders games, UNLV games last year. I've never heard anything that they've said on the loudspeaker this time for SummerSlam. You could now, I don't know if the WWE brought in their own system. I don't know if that it was their thing and that's why it was good. I don't know. But I will say it was better, so hopefully that's a sign that things are going to be improved at Allegiant Stadium uh, because I know like a lot, what a lot of people are saying is we paid for this stadium. We, the people of this of this community, paid for the stadium. We want it to be working. And so hopefully uh, that is a one-time thing that we don't uh, you know see too often. It's not a, a recurring problem, but um, definitely something to monitor at Allegiant Stadium going forward. We talked about all the other things that are going on in Las Vegas this weekend. There were several, and we were kind of all out and about in uh, different spots. We'll give some updates on what we saw this weekend. Want to be part of the show? Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100. I know I used to mock you wrestling fans. I called some of you booger eaters. The production of this thing, the electricity 48,000. I went to the Pacquiao fight five minutes later after this thing. Wasn't even close to it. And it was a great fight. By the way, great fight. The energy in that building was amazing. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Back here. Uh, Cofield and Company on this Monday. Um, love the feedback on social media. Of course, you can follow me at Adam Hill LVRJ. Uh, follow at Case Kiefer. The show is at Cofield and Co. Uh, just seeing some of the tweets right now. Uh, there's some requests of things to talk about. Don't worry. We'll get into a lot of the things you're asking about. Uh, but Alyssa just uh, sent a tweet that said, wrestlers are not athletes. Actors-ish, maybe, but not athletes. It's okay you think this way. Every normal person does. Um, listen, it's not a sport, but I think you can be an athlete without participating in a sport. Like, it's clearly not a sport. We've defined sports before. You have to actually be trying to win. It's not a sport. But, I mean, listen, watching them do what they do and and what they go through and what they put their bodies through and some of the high-flying techniques and um, things that they're able to do, I'm going to say they're athletes. That's fair, right? Uh, I'm okay with athletes for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, just just... You don't even need to see them do all those things. Basically, you can just see them. Well, not all of them. Well, most of them. Like I know, I mean, there is some things that like kind of make me laugh. Like there's one guy that doesn't do anything. I don't. I listen. I don't even remember his name. I like that gimmick. The guy that just sits there. (laughs) Well, he and he gets in the. Well, he's actually. I think he's the. I think he's one of the tag team champions. But he doesn't like he. They'll tag him in, and he'll just kind of stand in the middle and like body slam people, but he can't actually do anything. And then the whole crowd is chanting like, "You can't wrestle." 
It's a representation <laughs> of reality. It's like when you get stuck in a group project. Inevitably, sure. there's going to be the one. Sure. The one. But somehow he's a champion just because he looks big and bad. He's got a uh, great partner. Great sure. tag team partner. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. Like, the guy can't wrestle. But, yeah, I I, I just think it's a little unfair to not say they're athletes. Like, they they are with what they do. And, yeah, they're they're acting when they're in there because they're, you know, playing out a script. But I think the, athletic, the athleticism is there. I think it's kind of mean to – not appreciate that aspect of it. Listen, I actually, we're getting into what we did this weekend. I actually uh, had drinks with a couple wrestlers after Wrestle after SummerSlam. Did I call it WrestleMania? Or I might have called it WrestleMania. I, I wouldn't know. have it's corrected Summer, you either. It's so SummerSlam. <laughs> it's SummerSlam. Um, believe me, they're like they're struggling. <laughs> like after, like they put their bodies through a lot. There's there's like there's a lot going on when they get out of the when they get out of the ring. Uh, but I was actually over uh, at Mandalay Bay at at the uh, at a party there after the after SummerSlam, and I think you were there as well. Or, are you not Saturday? I was there. Yeah, okay. I was there Saturday night. You should have hit me up. I had an extra uh, VIP to Psycho Las Vegas. I could have uh, gotten you my plus one. Okay, what on earth is that? It's it's one of the the biggest music festivals in in Las Vegas, and I would argue. The most important, like from an underground music standpoint, it really is uh, not life is beautiful. I mean, life is beautiful is, is done a great job and I'm not taking anything away from them, but that's very mainstream. It's like it's artists you're going to hear. It, it's like those are all like artists you're going to hear. It's like golden voice and these huge corporations that you're going to hear uh, on your radio and things you've heard of. As far as like underground music and in the, the culture of independent music, I think Psycho is a a, a step above. So is, it's all over Mandalay Bay? Yeah, so four stages. I mean, they basically take over the whole thing. I'm assuming you had to have seen it if you were there. I mean, they basically I take thought, over the resort. There's the arena, well, the pool. I, oh, the, okay, so I'm very important. I went in, a, went in like a private entrance uh, straight up to the top floor. I did. I will say, I thought, wasn't it going on at the pool? Yeah, there's four stages, one of them being the pool. Like, I was looking out at the pool. I didn't see much happening. Was it at night? What, what, what time were you there? I'd say the biggest set of the weekend arguably took place from 11 to 12 at the pool Saturday it was, night. It was like 10.30. I was looking out at the pool. I was like, I thought okay, something well, was going on. Okay, well, that's a little on. bit before. So okay. nothing. So they were probably setting up for the Cannibal Corpse set. So I'm sad you could have come down the and catch what? it up. Cannibal Corpse, legendary uh, death metal band. Didn't you ever see Ace Ventura? They played on Ace Ventura. Okay. The claim to fame. Okay. Uh, is maybe, maybe you're not supposed to analyze names. Is the... The cor- it's the it's a dead cannibal and it's their corpse or are they <laughs> eating is the cannibal eating a corpse? I mean it's all just horror gore uh, B movie stuff. So however you interpret it, I think you can have it. But for me, let me tell you, having that uh, VIP pass, it was Cabana Corpse. So I was literally <laughs> watching Cannibal Corpse from a Cabana, which don't was you a, don't, interesting. Uh, <laughs> don't you lose some some psycho fest cred by sitting in a Cabana? Uh, perhaps I'd say that's a fair <laughs> criticism, but hey, it was absolutely packed. Um, I mean, everyone was good about wearing their masks and keeping their distance for most of the weekend. But a lot of Cannibal masks, corpses on a lot of them wore masks way before this. Oh, right? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the bands are masked and robed. But hey, you're making a lot of fun of this. But the the headliner of the of the pool the night before, I know someone you're a fan of. I think you're a Wu Tang fan, and it was. Jizza performing uh, Liquid Swords in full. So really? that kind of gives you a, an idea of this festival. They're pulling in all these huge underground acts. It is rooted mostly in metal, but there's all kinds of music is included. I would have gone to that. 
Yeah. You, you did, did you go Friday? Oh, yeah, I went. You're, I went every day. It, it's hard. It's hard for me because I am one of these guys. Like I like to be all or nothing and everything. I know you are too. I think that's probably why we get along. Sure. Not to make it weird, we're already sitting uh, close <laughs> to each other. But yeah. it was a little tougher this year with everything going on. Um, I can only go for like a few hours every. Uh, I, I'm a guy that wants to be there at noon. I don't care if it's like. They hand instruments to some dudes and give them some black T-shirts that were at the bus station and have them start a band. I want to be there from the first band at noon to when it ends at like 2 a.m. That was just not going to happen this year, but I did go for a few hours every day, including I saw the both the first two pool headlining sets, the Jizza and Cannibal Corpse. And just from a bigger picture perspective of, of as we're talking about the the massive weekend in Vegas with everything going on, um, it just felt it, it felt normal again, or it still was like, this is weird to be back out here? Here's why, yeah, I think this was bigger than just like, oh, these are a bunch of weird people wearing uh, battle vests and with long hair going to a festival. Because this was the first major festival. I mean, it's four days, basically all day. This was the first major festival back. You already referenced some of the other ones that are planned. Life is beautiful, day in Vegas, all those. I think if like the first one is a disaster, it's going to cast some doubt sure. on the other one. But it went super smoothly. I thought the Mandalay uh, Bay staff was... Uh, exceptional. They got everyone to all the stages they wanted. I mean, everything went so well. I don't think there was any big... Maybe it was because they already wore masks, as you joked, but there was no big problem with the masks or the social distancing uh, guidelines. Uh, I'll just shamelessly plug my my uh, review, the piece I wrote on LasVegasWeekly.com if you want to check that out. But I thought it went super well, and I think that bodes well for all these big music fests we have coming up because I, I think just the more we get in with thousands of people that are, that are uh, you know, moving around and seeing the things they want to seamlessly, the more... Uh, likely it is for all these things to go off what are you what are you most looking forward to at life is beautiful it's sneaking up on us it's like a month away ah nothing i don't don't know i mean i might i might show up we'll see for a night or two. you might show up i mean psycho's more my scene you're a life is beautiful guy you're a top 40 uh i I would check out that Billie eilish set she was great uh two years ago and i really uh liked her new album so i'd say that she's a headliner one of the nights i believe but it's after the raiders game so wait that's she's she's sunday I believe she's Sunday, but by the time she's been going on, we should be able to get out of Allegiant by then. So Wait, I thought it's a road game. Is it? Yeah, they're in Pittsburgh. Oh, I think it's the next weekend. I is think it that you're weekend? Wrong. Okay, well, I think whatever. You're wrong. Maybe I think Punk that... Rock Bowling's the next weekend, another <laughs> festival. Okay, is. well, then I will not be there, but that's a, that's one I would check out. Really, uh, I was actually at the show with you. I think it was one of the last shows I saw before. I don't go all the time. It was like six months before the pandemic started, I think, and she was injured. She had like a broken ankle at the time. <laughs> she didn't move around a lot. It was a great show, though. I enjoyed it. Athlete. I'm, I'm looking forward to ASAP Rocky. Uh, uh, we've got Dave Koken coming up in a couple minutes. Uh, real quick, oh, we can save. We should save this. Um, we'll mention real quickly the the actual big event on Saturday. Your son's first birthday. Uh, right in the big. same right in the same vicinity of everything <laughs> else was. too. It was big. Uh, what? What is it like? I mean, I know you didn't plan it, but what's it like? Like getting ready for a one-year-old's birthday party? <laughs> uh, just like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. He <laughs> like loved he it. So it was, in a, it was in a big room, and he was just running around the whole time. So, um, I mean, I'm sure it takes a lot of planning. Unfortunately, like you said, I'm not the one to ask. My wife is in the uh, events business <laughs> you, here, so she handled most of the heavy lifting you get on no, that. When when she does what she does and she plans events, like you get no say on anything. Right? Well, I'm kind of like this is just excessive. I guess it ended up being good for maybe not you since you were in the uh, suite, but some of our other friends that were there also went to uh, not WrestleMania, but the other SummerSlam, and uh, they couldn't eat either because there was no food. But we had just way too much food, so they were all already stuffed from that. So it worked out for them. I kept saying like, isn't this just too much? I guess it all worked out. A lot of donuts, some Chick-fil-A. It was a good good time. Uh, the question that was asked on 
Twitter because I did put this on Instagram was I was shopping for a present for your son. And first of all, the best part of my present, I actually wrapped it, which is the first time I've ever wrapped a gift. There's actually some debate. So you got him this uh, baseball set, right? In, yeah. the, in the purple. Because of your message, uh, my wife thought it was actually another one of I our other friends. That. I figured that, actually. <laughs> and actually, the wrapping, if I, it was beautiful, actually. That should have made me think it was not you. Because I know you've talked about how you could not wrap a gift. I could not wrap a gift that well. You I, beat me on that. I got nice wrapping paper and purple because it's the royal color for a king. The oh, wow. Man, this, this is that. just on layers upon layers. Well thought out. And... Watched a YouTube video of how to wrap a present. <laughs> I got lucky in that it was like in a box that's like set edges. Like I don't think I could do anything that was like kind of weird edges. I give you an A plus for the wrapping job. It was really it well done. It wasn't A plus. For me, it was A plus. Yeah, for sure. Especially grading on a curve. It was uh, definitely an A plus. It was better than I could have done. And we've already uh, set it up. Let uh King, my son, take a couple swings. Although he's not too interested in swinging, he just wants to pitch. He loves when he throws it to me and I hit it. He sure. starts cracking up. I guess he thinks baseball's funny. Well, actually, so my plan was, uh, my plan was actually, and I put it, I put it out on social media to get something that was incredibly annoying for you and your wife. I thought it would just be hilarious, and I was going to get this uh, electric guitar that had buttons for all the other instruments, and it was so loud, it was so obnoxious. <laughs> I loved it, and I didn't. I instead. Went with the uh, T-ball set. I figured you might have already have that, so I thought maybe you'd have to take it back. But the it turned out somebody else got a guitar. It wasn't quite as annoying as the one I got, but he has that now. Yeah, so we can uh, <laughs> well, we can think of you either way when That's he's true. trying to uh, to true. annoy us with the guitar. So that answers the questions that we've had on Twitter. Uh, we have questions for Dave Koken. A lot of baseball. We'll get into that next. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. We were just talking about Otani. Oh, you were? Okay. That's he's special. To be able to throw and pitch at the big league level, right, and then hit the way he hits, we were just talking about. Where's the last guy we who was like that? Well, they say Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. He might have been better than Babe Ruth. He might. Well, he was better than Babe Ruth. Now. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. It is Cofield and Company back here on this Monday. No Steve Cofield. He is out for the week. He was like, screw it, enough. You guys take over. So Adam Hill, Case Kiefer here with you. And we are joined as we are each and every Monday by Dave Koken. How are you doing, sir? Very good. How are you? I'm good. Uh... It is uh, it's a weird Monday. We've got golf all day. Were you uh, were you able to tune in and check out some golf? I know the Red Sox were playing, too. Yeah, uh, I, I watched the Red Sox game, which was a crazy finish in that one, <laughs> and I uh, have been enjoying the golf, uh, although I will not have a winner this week, but that's you know, I'm not going to win every week, that's for sure. What do we think of Cameron Smith's hair and mustache combination? It's a bit of a disaster. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I don't pay attention to that. I, okay. If you ask me whether he has a... I don't even know that he has a mustache. I, okay. I, I don't. I don't care what guys look like. I just—they just popped it on the screen. I saw it. I was like, "This is this is a, this is a mess." Uh, so golf almost wrapping up here. Cameron Smith, Tony Finau, uh, tied, and John Rahm is uh, finishing out his round. Doesn't look like he's going to get there. So looks like we'll have a playoff with Finau and Smith. Uh, Dodgers. Every single time, I think they're going to pass the Giants. So, like the Giants f- find a way to win a game, pull away a little bit. Like, this is going to happen eventually, right? The Dodgers will pass them. Well, I, well, I don't know if they will or not. I, I think it's time for people to stop looking at the Giants as this nice little story. <laughs> they're, up, they're plus 142 runs. 
on the season. They're really good. Yeah. Okay. They're they're one of the, the three best teams in baseball, three or four best teams in baseball. I think the Dodgers are the better team. I think the Dodgers are the best team uh, with, with what they added at the deadline. But uh, I'm not going to be surprised if the Giants hold them off. They're still up two and a half games, and and they there's no there's nothing to indicate they're going to stop winning anytime soon. Yeah, and Chris Bryant comes in, makes a, a good impact for the Giants. He's been playing really well. Of course, uh, you know former MVP, Las Vegas guy. Uh, but really, this is a team to me and the Giants that is just an example of being better than the sum of your parts. I mean, what what is it to you that's made them so good? Well, they've used the whole roster on a daily basis. I mean, they they have a lot of balance and a lot of good, solid components, uh, one through 25, basically. They've pinch hit more than any team in baseball this year. Obviously, you're going to have a National League team that leads in that department every year. Uh, but Gabe Kapler has, has done a, a masterful job of uh, making the right moves, and the teams come through. Uh, the other team in that division that we thought was going to be really good this year is the Padres. They have hit some rough times. We know they've dealt with injuries all year long, and uh, it's it's been kind of a weird season for them. But are they salvageable? They're now out of the wild card spot. Can they fix this? Not what they're pit- pitching. Yeah. They, their starting pitching is terrible at this point, and I don't think it's salvageable. Um, I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think the Reds are going to uh, get that last spot, and if they don't, it could be somebody who gets hot in the National League East. I mean, the Phillies... Uh, the Phillies probably won't do it because they, they find ways to beat themselves too often. But uh, Padres are going backwards, and, and I, I just I don't know how it gets better because you got to be able to get the other team out, and they can't do it right now. Fired their pitching coach today. We'll see if that see if that does anything. Maybe just a new voice uh, you're looking for. But uh, it's been ugly for a while here for those Padres. It has not been ugly for the Yankees, Dave. Uh, this team... All year, like they they kind of stunk, but their record wasn't that bad. You just thought, like, okay, they're capable of a lot more. Now they're playing better. Are they for real? And and is this team capable of of making a run and winning at all? No, I don't think they can win at all. Um, I I think they're maybe a playoff team. Uh, they'll probably make the playoffs in one of, in one of the wild card spots, but uh, no, I, I they're not. They're just not the best team. Uh, and, and look at that. They're only plus 43 runs for the season. They don't have a good record against winning teams. They're, they're just, to me, uh, they're a, a, a good team, but the Tampa Bay is better than they are. And I think the White Sox are better than they are. And Houston is definitely better than they are. Yeah. Houston, Houston's a team to beat in the American League. And, you know, we've seen them uh, obviously play, play very well uh, throughout the season. Uh, Oakland is a team that is, you know, fighting for their wild card life. Well, any any thoughts on them? Any team that makes the playoffs has a chance. Yeah, but if you're asking me who the best teams are, it's it's clear by by pretty good margins that the Astros, Rays, and White Sox are the three best teams in the league. So somebody else, be it the Yankees, the Red Sox, Oakland, uh, I well technically Seattle, although they're not going to huh. make it. I mean, anybody can get hot. Uh, the Royals won a World Series as a wild card, yeah. uh, so it can happen. But on paper, it's, it, it's not supposed to. Well, we know it's not happening for the Orioles. Uh, this, no. this team is a I don't think so. complete and total disaster. Uh, it, it's it seems like a very square thing to do to just say, "Hey, bet against this team on the run line every day." But are we at a point we can do that? Well, I don't, but uh, I can't argue with people that are doing it. Um, I mean, the results speak for themselves. They're just 
they're just an amazingly bad team. They're clearly the worst team in baseball, which is and there's some pretty bad teams out yeah. there, but but the Orioles are by the worst team by a pretty good margin. I mean, they got 38 wins. They're going to end up with the worst record. Uh, it's conceivable they. What have they got? Uh, 39 games left. It's conceivable they won't get to 50 wins. Ooh, that's that is that is ugly. It, I mean, there, there's teams that are bad that you see like hope for in the future. I I don't know if it's the case there. Do you do you see hope for the Orioles down the road? I don't really have a good handle on their minor leaguers, yeah. so I can't give you a good answer on that. Okay. Uh, well, a lot, lot going on in baseball, of course. We're getting in the stretch run. You can always follow Dave uh, for all of the great baseball stuff. But uh, you are, you know, traditionally a boxing guy. I know you've uh, you've been around the sport for a while. Manny Pacquiao has two. We may have seen his last fight this weekend. Uh, if we did. What is his legacy to you? Well, he's an all-time great. Uh, I, I, despite the fact that boxing, what I hear, well, this guy's better. I, I hate to be one of those good old days guys, but I think the fighters were better years ago. Not more talented physically, but it's it's tough to separate the wheat from the chaff huh. with like 18 divisions and uh, and four or five sanctioned world champions in each division. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I don't know where to rank him all time. I've never been good at ranking all time anyway. Uh, but he clearly one of the best of his era. Uh, and uh, he was he was amazing that he made a, a big adjustment. I mean, he was he was a power guy for years and years at later weights and managed to move up and become more of a boxer uh, in his later years, which, which is not easy to do. So give him full credit on that. Great career. There you go. And uh... – a great career for you as well, Mr. Koken, that is still uh, still running strong. So where can people find you, and uh, what do you got coming up for folks? Uh, just follow me on Twitter, at Dave Koken, and uh, you'll find out what's going on there. There you go. Awesome stuff, as always. Really appreciate the time, and uh, enjoy this playoff. Thank you, sir. I will. There you go. Dave Koken, check him out. Find all that great stuff. A wealth of baseball knowledge for sure, and also uh, many, many other sports that are going on, including a lot of lot of history with boxing. So I wanted to get his take real quick on Manny Pacquiao. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our breakdown of NFL teams today, the New England Patriots. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.